The Worth Report, featuring Nick Wharton and Glenn Wright. Today, we'll discuss the rising cost of higher education and how you can prepare yourself for this expense. This is The Worth Report. Now, here are your hosts, Nick Wharton and Glenn Wright. Good Saturday. Welcome to The Worth Report. If it's Saturday morning, it's The Worth Report. I'm your host, Nick Wharton, here with my good friend, Glenn Wright, a founding president of Worth Financial. Each week, we bring you news that you can immediately use to manage your financial planning and offer commentary on local, national, and global events that affect your ability to sustain your financial future. Well, Glenn, the kids are back to school. They are. How's it been feel? How's traffic been for you? It's uh, challenging. Challenging. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I've been told. I was like, what's going on? You know, I don't have any kids, so. Um, oh, you do now? Yeah, I, 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 I just noticed. <laughs> They're holding you up. Getting yeah. to work. Oh, man, I said, man, the traffic has definitely changed. So it, it, it's, it's been interesting, but, uh, but it's all good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, interestingly enough, we're back to school, and uh, we've been having this conversation about um, wealth inequality and um, economic mobility, and we do believe, and it's widely reported and researched upon, that the key to upward mobility is a quality education. That's a fact. That's an absolute fact. And, of course, getting to a quality of higher education is also key. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so when we look into uh, the state of affairs around college going and admissions, you know, institutions are doing some very creative things and families to get their kids to school. And you know something? Today we're going to talk a little bit about what the wealthy are doing okay. that, is, that is really sort of innovative, but it really further uh, embeds this notion that the wealthy just do things uh, that others just can't possibly do and position themselves for success. So what, what do you think about that? What's, what's new and interesting today, you think? Oh, well, I mean, this, this stands the test of time. This is nothing new. It's about having resources. It's about being in the know. That's why we're here doing this show. That's right. So the listeners can actually be in the know of what's really going on. You know, it's interesting. I just read an article uh, that was written a couple of years ago by USA Today. And in the article, they talked about financial aid for the wealthy, yes. meaning the top percent um, of our country. Yes. Do you know that actually 25 percent of them get some type of financial aid? You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I spent 15 years in higher education. Mm-hmm. And much of that was dealing with scholarships and financial aid. Mm-hmm. And I did realize that uh, oftentimes those um, those high tuitions are actually discounted for families and families who have the most amount of money oftentimes get the most discount. It's really interesting. It's kind of like wanting to make sure the plane is in the air, right? <laughs> so you make sure the seats are, you know, cost at least amount, but you want the wealthy folk to be on that plane so that they can keep the plane in the air once their children graduate as, as, as wealthy givers and sponsors. Some people who are listeners can hire the necessary firms to help find the financial aid that they need. That's right. But many people can't. That's right. So it's important that you, you speak with your guidance counselors mm-hmm. and other counselors and look online. I mean, we live in the information age. Look to see what's available. Check with your employer. Check with your maybe even former employer. There still may be some programs available for your children to get some type of financial aid. So that's the first piece. Don't just take what the school gives you. You need to go above and beyond to find money. 80% of all scholarships come to incoming freshmen. So this is the time to go in and and find it. Now, you may say, well, my son or daughter is already in school, so it's too late for me. Well, 80%. There's still another 20% Mm -hmm. of the money that's, Mm -hmm. and we're talking billions of dollars that's available 
You just need to go and find it and look at the necessary resources. One is still talking to the guidance counselors and, and speaking to people at the university as well. Right. You know, one of the things, Glenn, I think I've talked about this before. I had the uh, privilege of uh, going to college under what was called the Education Opportunity Program in New York. It was a state-sponsored program that focused on young people who had tremendous potential but did not have the finances to make it. And they mm-hmm. provided a significant financial aid for tuition, room and board. And then, of course, it was, I was so enamored and so empowered by that experience that really uh, allowed me to get a college education that I became the director of a program at Ithaca College that was right. the leading program um, in, among private schools in, in New York. Our retention rate was amazing. We brought in young people whose academic profile was a bit below what might have been acceptable, but yet they, they showed great promise. We provided great financial aid. We provided all kinds of wraparound support for them, and they soared. Some of those young people are attorneys today. I mean, they, and they come back to that institution with, with great excitement. In fact, similar mm. role at Binghamton University, did a lot of consulting at a number of schools, Cornell as well. And quite frankly, I tell you that if it weren't for those aid programs, which, by the way, in the last 10, 15 years have been drying up, many people would not have had an opportunity to go to college. But, you know, I read another article today that really just sort of flies in the face of um, (laughs) this issue. You know, fly is a good word. Literally, literally. This is article, man. It talks about uh, how the jet set, those high net worth folk are starting to do something uh, kind of unique. They're having they're scheduling these wealthy tours on private jets to college campuses and Magellan tours Magellan um, jets rather is sponsoring these wealthy families to condense their you know five or ten school visits for a hefty fee they'll take you to all these schools and provide you the most elegant most efficient way to get in and out of these incredible cities mm-hmm. so their children can view the campus now for me I got to tell you I took the bus up to my campus, you know, and I had with the one campus, had one tour, and this is where I was going. That's it. And that, that was my next question, Nick. How many schools were you able to actually see? If they weren't on a SUNY application, man, State <laughs> University, no. What, 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 <laughs> but I visited a few, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, there weren't many. Right. So this one allows for kids, which I think is fantastic, allows them to go and see multiple schools. So they want to go to UCLA all the way to University of Miami, Back to Cornell and yes. then to Washington. Yes. They can see all four corners of the country in a relatively short period of time. Most people aren't going to be able to do that. That's right. So this this allows them to do it, which I absolutely love this. I think it's sure. fantastic. Mm-hmm. The challenge is, when you look statistically, that 25% of these people are going to get some type of financial aid. That's correct. You know. So how do you, how do you combat that? The first thing is understanding the FAFSA which is the form for student aid. Understand the criteria. You may think, let's start with, it is several factors. One is going to be your income. The second one is going to be your assets. That's and right. then third yep. is going to be liabilities. That's right. That's right. So let me tell you what some of the wealthy are doing. Let what me are they tell doing? you what, what we've seen in, in, in some of our planning. So one is the most popular form now for saving for education would be the 529 plan, which mm-hmm. is a state-sponsored plan. We've talked about that on the show, exactly what it is. And the money grows tax-deferred. Inside of it is after-tax dollars, grows tax-deferred, but comes out income tax-free if you use it for education. However, the beneficiary of a 529 plan is the child. So it is considered, although the parent is the custodian, it's an asset for the child for financial aid, therefore it can count against them. Because now the school sees you've got some money. So 
However, but even a neat analysis on a, on a FAFSA is, is is fluid. It presumes takes this complicated formula together, right? It presumes you have a family of four may have X amount of income, may have enough money, disposable income, mm-hmm. or should contribute to their young person's education. When in effect, that need is really kind of much higher, isn't it? Because well, the rate of tuitions have gone up, and that hasn't kept pace with. How does that well, work? Well, well, typically they're looking at fifteen percent. Okay. Of of uh, your income mm-hmm. on on average, right? Uh, that can be used for education, but now that only represents a portion of the criteria that determines the need for financial aid. So, if income is a part of it, what can you do in the years where it's time to file? Then one thing you can do is put more money into retirement funds for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, are those assets are not included on the FAFSA first page? You'll see excluded assets. Retirement plans are one of them. So putting more money there. Now, what that money also does, it actually lowers your Mm -hmm. income, right? Your taxable income. So now you have less money that's actually available. Um, If if you are self-employed, then I love this because you can really move the numbers. And there are special retirement plans. So even if you have a job, then you have another part-time job where you're you're self-employed. For the full-time job, you want to definitely take advantage of your 401k if it's Available to you. Okay. Okay. But you can also have a plan. Let's say you have your own business that you can use maybe a SEP IRA. So you you can have an employer contribution for you. Or you can even use, if you're making some significant dollars, six figures or above, you may even want to look at what's called a defined benefit plan, which is a pension plan. Therefore, you can take a substantial amount of money, put it in in this tax-deferred account, lower your overall taxable income, which helps you on your taxes, but also helps to qualify for financial aid. Now, that's the first one. The second one is, how do you look at your assets? We want to make sure that we can use them in, in excludable accounts. There are a couple of very easy ones. One is retirement. But let's say that you are 40 to 45 years old. You want to put all your money in retirement dollars? Probably not, because we know you can't take that money back out without paying a penalty with a couple exclusions until you're 59 and a half. So you may not want to part with that money for 15 years or 20 years plus. Mm -hmm. Well, another exclusion is life insurance. So in life insurance, you have two options. You have an annuity and you have traditional life insurance. Well, with annuities, you can do that. The money grows tax deferred. But again, just like retirement plans, you can't take the interest out until 59 and a half. And um, annuities have LIFO accounting method. So it's last in, first out. So any penny of interest that you make and you take the money out, you have to pay tax. And if you're under 59 and a half, you're going to pay that 10% imposed, IRS imposed penalty as well. And that's pretty hefty. Oh, it can be. However, the one that you can use is life insurance. Mm-hmm. Life insurance, you can put as much money into these policies. You want to make sure that it's a non-MEC which is a MEC stands for modified endowment contract. You want to make sure you solve that it's a non-modified endowment contract. And by doing that, now you can put money in. The money grows tax deferred. You can borrow from the policy, the cash values of the policy. And now that money can be used for college and come income tax free. And just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, if you decide to put the money back in and pay that loan back, then you get an uninterruption of compounding of interest. So you still make interest on all the money, even though you took some out to pay for college. Really? So that's the power of having life insurance. It helps you 
now to possibly qualify and it helps you later. Let me give you a, a very strong example of, of something that we worked on. So let's say that I'm going to give you a hypothetical example. Let's say that you have someone who wins the lottery or wins a class action lawsuit or you have a death of a spouse or, or, or two spouses. Mm-hmm. So now you have a child or a minor who, who will typically uh, receive funds. Typically, if that happens, then it may go to a trustee. If you don't have a will or a trust, it's going to go to the court. Okay? So if it goes to the court, now it's up to the judge to help with your financial planning. And he or she may not know exactly what to do. They're going to do what they've read. Get a 529 plan. Now, let's say that that, that number is substantial, 50000 100000 a million dollars that goes in that, in that trust account. So you have thousands of dollars that, are, that can go into this 529 plan. Therefore, that money is planned to be used for college. Why not put that money in some accounts that are excluded from the FAFSA? Typically, in this case, the, the income for the trustee or the caregiver could be substantially less. Right. It could be twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year, right? So, if that is the case, then if you have debt for that person, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But if you have the, all those, and it could be millions mm-hmm. that are excluded mm-hmm. from financial aid, then the only thing you see is a $20,000 income, then why not use that? Wow. So now now you get financial aid, and you can actually keep the money that can be used for maybe a master's degree or medical school, to buy your first home, to live maybe for their retirement, for those reasons. So thinking outside of the box is certainly what we want people to use and do. That's how you're able to actually keep the money that comes in. So getting from, because of what you said, Nick, mm-hmm. financial aid is so, I mean, it costs so much money to go to go to school now. So let's do everything we can to keep a penny. So right. even if you shelter some money, then, and we save, we might not get full financial aid. Right. But if you could save five or $10,000 a year, that's dramatic. So, so you know, one study and Bloomberg highlighted the fact that even among many states that have these lotteries that fund college education uh, that they use for um, merit-based grants yep. for um, state public universities, those programs, interestingly enough, tend to benefit upper-income folk and also Anglo's who score better, who have obviously better scores. But those schools, those programs, tend to certainly um, do not proportionately help lower income kids. So even at the public university, they're at a disadvantage. So what you're suggesting in terms of saving becomes even important because the places that are most accessible, you would think, the public universities, because of the structure of aid and merit-based programs, they don't even support the needs of those students. So saving becomes even more important, right. to say the least, because they're the less costly institutions. Right. But yet, it's still difficult to attend. The inequality, the gap between the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. has certainly changed, and we see this with the jet set, yes. this, this private touring versus people who can't even, who are deciding not to even go to college because they can't even afford the student loan debt. Right. right? And we're, we're seeing that happen. So there is some dramatic change that needs to occur mm-hmm. on, a, on a global basis, mm-hmm. I would say certainly mm-hmm. across the nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you have a son or a daughter and they're 14 years old, they're 12 years old, that change isn't going to happen for them. No. So as long as you admit that to yourself, then listen to the show, follow the steps, start early. Don't wait until the child is um, a senior in high school and now you're going to start getting serious. You need to start looking at this um, from a wealth planning strategy 
actually the summer going into their junior year. Yes. At the latest. That's when you need to start really looking at financial aid, looking at options, and talk to your child about what school are they going to go to. Right. They can't just look and say, well, whatever school doesn't matter. No, it takes true financial planning. This is a possibly a six-figure decision. It is. That can turn into a seven-figure decision on um, not just principal and interest, but opportunity costs over their lifetime That's right. by making a poor decision financially. So right. just like you plan and you, you didn't look at one house when you bought a house, you looked right. at multiple homes. Right. You plan, you strategize in order, how do I qualify to get this home? Why wouldn't right. you do this on something that is equally, if not more important right. for your children to be able to do that? So starting now certainly makes a big difference. Yeah, college education is it's it's not a um, yeah you must you must go because when you think about the difference between uh, those who earning power of a high school diploma and a college degree, it's a matter of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep. It is a profound difference in, in lifestyle, yep. uh, to say the least. Some 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 articles say a half a million. I've seen some that say a million. That's true. Over over a lifetime. That's very true. But but on average, and I'm looking at collegeplanning.org says that. Someone with a, with a uh, bachelor's degree earns more than thirty thousand dollars more per year than right. someone with a high school degree. Now, with thirty thousand dollars, you're in a better neighborhood. Kids can go to better schools. Right. Trash probably picked up on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you well, know. Well, there is that. Yeah. There is that. You know. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying. Right. Right. And I just want to make this clear too, because you know, you know, for for many years we hear that college is really not not for everyone, and I, and I get that point. It's for most um, folks, though. It, it sure is. But you know, this is a deal. The cost benefit. You know, of going to college and studying a liberal arts program or even in the arts. And my daughter's, I have a youngest daughter who's in the arts and, and she's, you know, I, she's a wonderful, wonderful dancer and, and, you know, loves what she's doing. But the reality is that there are a whole host of careers that don't require a college degree, but require some specificity in a certain trade or industry. Even at the Urban League, we have fiber optics, we have HVAC, we have lots of different kinds of you know, uh, trades that can really set your life on fire, mm-hmm. you know, at a far less cost. And so what we're seeing in higher education right now is a, is a sort of a shift. People are saying, families are saying, you know what, um, Central Piedmont Community College, you mm-hmm. know, is a great choice. And there's a lot of community college, it's a great choice. Even in an overall financial plan, for instance, let's say your child would go to community college for one or two years, lessen the cost, get, get their really, get the academic strength tightened, even if they're great students, they can focus in certain areas, right? And they get their curriculum tight. By the time they go to um, four-year college, they only have two years to right. pay for at that point. And we've seen that a lot. And a lot of parents are very wise about that. Kids have to come to grips with that, you know, but the reality is that they're not paying. The parents are. Oh, absolutely. Right? So there's a lot of ways to fund, you know, your, your higher education experience. The question is, or there shouldn't even be a question, funding it is the key. You know what, Nick, I thought about writing a book um, when, when I was in college on why am I in college? And the reason is, you know, I'm taking these silly classes my first couple of years, you know, geology. I mean, you know, I'm studying rocks, you know, and I understand about the, the whole person. Let me tell you, no one has ever asked me about what type of rock this is, you know, ever. You know, so for me, from a financial perspective and just in general, I think some of it is just um, a joke. A so, very costly joke. So a very, very costly joke. And why not look at taking, since we can't, I can't change college in the United States and the whole process, then looking at community colleges could actually make sense for many. Sure. For many. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, for the middle class, it's shrinking. So, 
you may want and have the best intentions on sending your child to X, Y, and Z football school. Uh, but football you, school. What football school is that? <laughs> or it could be basketball right, school. I know right, we're in, we're in ACC right, country. Right, but, right. Um, however, if you can't afford it and you haven't started the planning process, then why not entertain? Let's get our pride out of the way. And why not entertain community college and now make sure that they can go to the school that they need to go to after those two years are completed? It just it, yeah. it makes it makes yeah. a whole lot of sense right. to me. Well, I'm, I'm a trustee emeritus of a SUNY campus in New York, community college campus. Been involved with them for over 15 years. And one of the things that I learned, you know, lobbying on behalf of community colleges on Capitol Hill is that uh, there's a community college within 30 to 40 minutes of every American. Community wow. colleges are expansive and they're in the most unusual places and they provide a quality education. Growing up, I looked at community colleges as, as not serious institutions for a lot of reasons because we were focused on higher education and basketball and all this other stuff. But that's changed, you know, partly because corporations and manufacturing and a whole range of industries have embraced community colleges because they're able to shift their curriculum to meet their, you know, uh, production and industry needs in a much more efficient way. They can put curriculums together that really meet like uh, right now training. And of course, with the, in, with the economy as it is and folk are being uh, downsized and changing careers, community colleges are also places that really shore up your skills and get certifications and change industries. Mm-hmm. And they've done it much better than for your in colleges and universities. I mean, look at Central Piedmont. You know, Central Piedmont is one of the best, you know, community colleges in the nation by far. 70,000 students, something like that. Wow. Largest college That's in all great. of North Carolina. I mean, it's serious business. That's right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm just obviously you can tell I'm a big fan of, of community colleges and, and the work that they do. They probably should have about 80,000 students instead of 70,000. That's right. You know? That's right. That's when you um, count online students, it's even more expensive. Yeah, well, right. well I'm saying that there are probably 10,000 people who did not go, That's who right. should be going. That's right. Who are scratching and surviving That's at some right. of these other schools. And I'm not saying right. that it's a it's a poor decision, but... If the money's not right, it can end up being a poor decision, you know. So That's right. um, instead of and I, I see the effects when, when we're meeting with people and we're and, and trying to advise people in the community. And one of the things that I see is this terrible, crippling student debt load yes. that they're dealing with and they can't afford to move to get a better job. Right. They're scared to be the best they can be mm-hmm. with their current employers mm-hmm. because they have this mm-hmm. huge cloud that's hanging over them. So they're looking to make financial decisions on when to get married. And, right. you know, all of these things are affected by the school right. that they chose and the amount right. of money that they had unfortunately yeah. had to take out in order yeah. to go to school. You have much more time than that. Right. But I'm right. not here to tell yeah. you what school uh, to go to or not go to. Um, but what we can do is look at the solutions on what you can do to find financial aid. If you are 100 percent dedicated on going to and committed to going to a certain school and you know that your parents or you as your child or if you are the parent, you can't afford it, then the first thing you need to do is look to see where I can find some financial aid and just scour the Internet, talk to guidance counselors, talk to professionals um, where you can go and and find the right people. Um, Also, the second thing is look at the FAFSA form. Now, your child may be a sophomore or a junior. Get a copy of that SUNE application now and say, what can I do to start sheltering my assets so I can be prepared Mm -hmm. to get the most financial aid legally possible for me? So uh, you want to look and take advantage of that because guess what? Some people are, and some of them have a lot of money. 
And that's and that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're able to take advantage of it. And it may not be only financial aid, but it also can be need-based scholarships. That's correct. Many of these scholarships and fellowships now mm-hmm. are going by a need-based criteria. Right. And the need mm-hmm. base is, the, is the, the applications 99% of the time are the same as the FAFSA. So if we have the yeah. same exclusions, then why not make sure that we take full advantage of that opportunity? And if you don't feel comfortable to do that, hopefully you're working with someone or talking to someone that can help you. The most important thing you can do is find wise counsel. That's why we're able to right. help so many people keep their money and their, their kids are able to get some sort of financial aid, whether they have wealth or not. It's because they're talking to the right people. And if your person is telling you stuff you already know, then go talk to somebody else. That's a good point. And I think what's really important that our listeners need to know is that if you have a young person that that um, that you believe ought to go to college or you believe that might have some potential, be be assured there is a place uh, to further their education, and but it requires a lot of research, a lot of planning. But your son or daughter can access higher learning and continue education. But you've got to really do the research and make the commitment to do that. And in fact, right. you know, I've seen, um, and you've seen this as well, Glenn, a number of young people who have done their own research themselves and gotten millions of dollars in scholarship mm-hmm. aid and have choices. You know, and these are kids who are fairly strong, but they've done their research mm-hmm. and they've got they've seen it, 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 they've done it themselves. You even know? better. Even, even better. better. That's, That's right. right. That's right. And there's lots of scholarships for a lot of different issues. If your families have lost a member in the Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan war, there's scholarships for that. If there's, you know, obviously athletics, we so focus so much on that. But it, they've got they've got scholarships for folk who are left-handed. I mean, they've got scholarships yeah. for. It's really bizarre. Yeah. yeah. But they've got scholarships for all kinds of reasons, and you just have to do your research. That's right. That's right. And then certain certain schools have certain benefactors. Uh, who've given for for strange reasons. That's right. So maybe looking at the search on so many schools, don't be afraid of applying to to five or six or seven schools either. I know there's an application fee. There are opportunities to even get some of those waived right. if you look at various schools. So keep this under consideration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as you look at your criteria. Don't mm-hmm. just look at the number one party school oh, yeah. or the or you know this whatever whatever your criteria may be mm-hmm. look to broaden that and look from a financial perspective on what's going to make sense for you and your family because it's really not about going into debt into significant debt to pay for college now it's clearly a investment that keeps on paying you know because not doing it is is not an option you've got to pay you know um pay your fair share share mm-hmm. but going to debt is not the way to do it no 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 it, it's certainly not I really think about this. We live in the greatest country in the world. I mean, I I am a firm believer of that because you have the opportunity to take advantage of so many opportunities. And most of the opportunities take money in order to get there. Via You have to get there, you have to travel, or you have to have money to invest. So these are the things that you want to consider. When you graduate from college, you want to be able to have money to take advantage of of opportunities. Mm -hmm. Think about 2008, 2009 with the market crash. Wouldn't have been nice to buy a house in Ballantyne for $5. You know, that's what you were able to do. Now you can try to buy the house. It's a million dollars. Nothing happened. So having access to capital is so important and can shape not just your life, Mm -hmm. but your children and your children's children by one or two opportunities. So if your debt load is Mm -hmm. so 
large and a cloud over you, mm. then what tends to happen is you have a cloud over you, you're looking down instead of looking up. Um, so it's important that we look up and continue to do that so you can look up and look forward to opportunities that are here for you and not, and not let debt be away from you. And that's why, you know, it's, it's in the Bible. It talks about not having debt, not being a slave. It, the two are becoming more like one when you look at our economy. So I know our producer is telling us that it's time for us to get out of here. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to preach today, but too this late. is too late. You've already begun, man. This, this, this is too important we'll take it to for, people, for people not to not not to uh, pay attention to this and not to do something about it and have a call to action, starting with looking at the three levels. Again, just in summary, the income level. How can I reduce that and don't quit your job? But I'm saying, look at how can I reduce that from an income tax perspective? Number two is going to be how do I shelter my assets? And number three, which we didn't have time to talk about today, is making sure that you show all the liabilities possible, even home equity lines of credit. So those assets or I'm sorry, those liabilities actually do count. So when you look at your overall net worth, your overall financial statement, that they're actually reflective to where you are. So you want to look. I don't want to say as poor as possible, but you really want to make sure the total truth is is in there, so you can take advantage and get opportunities. Well, that's good stuff, Glenn. Well, you know, we're gonna. This is an ongoing conversation. We can never get enough of this topic because that's right. it is just a, a moving target uh, for many families that are currently looking at this year funding right now for college. How are they going to get through the next semester? Literally, right. some families go semester to semester. So um, this has been a good conversation, Glenn, and, and we'll um, we'll take this back up at a later date. See you next week. Okay, guy. This has been The Worth Report with your host, Nick Wharton and Glenn Wright. To learn more about Worth Financial and to speak to one of their advisors, call 704-731-0121. That's 704-731-0121. Or log on to worthadvisors.com. That's worthadvisors.com.